Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Terrific, guys. Uh, for those who are really, really unsure and thinking, where are we going to go now? 20 minutes, okay? So I want to share some things with you. I want to be very succinct. Before I do that, I, I just want to say thank you uh, to Patrick and Lucille and the guys being with us. Um, I'm delighted that they're here. Thank you for releasing that word, Patrick, to us. Do we receive it? I'll ask you again. Do we receive that word into our hearts? We need to, when we hear God's word, we need to respond to God's word. And the response of God's word is that when we come and when we gather in times like this, we will release the roar. Can I hear a roar from the crowd? Yes? That we release it. In our own private times, we release the roar. Something happens as we worship and praise God. So thank you for that. And we, we receive in terms of, I'm sure Annie and the guys do, in terms of writing their own music and all those kinds of things. So we thank God for all that he's doing amongst us. Tim's already said a huge thank you. Those pictures were, were a representation of all the locations out and about doing what they're doing. And I was glad and quite moved, actually, for the fact that we're able to do that. That's the first time since 2019 we've been able to go out with red T-shirts and go and love and serve our world. Yes, it's part of who we are. Go, grow, love, serve our world. And we was able to do that in very, very practical ways. And just in these few minutes that I have with you, I want to just really... Uh, establish that word in our hearts with regards to the thought of serving. But before I get there, just to say that over the next few weeks, from next Sunday onwards, we're going to be talking about healthy, healthy homes, healthy marriages, healthy children, healthy men, healthy women. And I want to encourage you to be there for the next few weeks. Is that okay? Give me a wave. If you plan to be here, we'll lay something into our hearts that will really help us in our season of following the Lord. If you're taking notes, why don't you just write this down first of all. If serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. We are saved to serve. If you're not here today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to just lean into the message and hopefully by the end of our time together, we'll draw a response of salvation in your heart. But for those who are Christians, and there are many of you here today, you need to know that God has saved you, not just to get you to heaven. We taught that, uh, singing that great song. Who loves that first song that we sing? I absolutely love it. Hell has lost another one. I am free. Every time it gets me, I think, I am saved from hell and I am destined for heaven. Anybody with me today? Give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about. God has saved us. It's amazing. It's amazing trophies of grace and we all are. But the reality is it's not just that we are saved for, for heaven, we are saved to serve. God is asking us to get involved. And many people at the moment are saying, what we need is a revolution. They're saying we need a revolution in our workforce. We need a revolution in politics. We need a revolution in, in our economy. We need a revolution in our, in our infrastructure. Let me just say to you, I understand in a sense what they're saying. Just pay attention to me for a moment. The reality is what we don't, we don't actually need a revolution. What we need is a servolution. 
What we need is a servolution. What needs to happen is that we all take on board the fact of that we are saved to serve. I am delighted that yesterday and over the course of the week, because the hub guys were out mending a garden and there was things happening all throughout the week, which culminated in the weekend. But if we just then say, that's my serving done for the year, then there is a problem. Hello? Anybody know that? And if we just say, well, we have a community outreach that we give to and we do food banks and we do food clubs and we give away furniture and we help people and we counsel people and we run kids clubs and we do all those things and we just leave it to them. I want to tell you that that in itself is wrong. We are all saved to serve. And if we will each take on this role of bringing a servolution, are you hearing me? Then we will see positive change come to our streets and to our word, world. Let me just take you for a moment to Mark in chapter 2. Please turn in your Bibles. It's going to come on the screen. Mark in chapter 2, I want to take you to a story and then I want to apply that to three points. It says there, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Verse 2, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. And even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I love this story. We'll stop there for a moment. I love this story because it speaks to so many principles that I love. It speaks of friendship. It speaks of a passion. It speaks of a determination and a selfless service. Now Jesus went on and healed this man and we'll come back to that in a moment. But I want to remind you of some principles that I think are really important to Arena Church. First of all, I want you to help me to understand from this story. Number one, they served a man who could not help himself. They served a man who could not help himself. The man was paralyzed. In modern day language, we would probably say he was a paraplegic. He had no use. He couldn't even drag himself to where Jesus was. Now this is the point. We often can miss what is directly in front of us. If there are any husband and wife teams here today, you'll know that your husband is classic in this. Wear my shoes. They're right in front of you. No, they're not. Oh, yes, they are. And they come. I've said this before. Is this what you're looking for? How frustrating is that, blokes? I want my keys. I want my wallet. I'm, I'm convinced Caroline stashes it away just to embarrass me, okay? And just to prove a point. But this is the point. We often can miss what is directly in front of us. These men served a man who could not help himself. I want to say it's very important that we always at Arena Church and through our day-to-day living see the needs before us. I wonder if you've ever taken a moment, if you wear glasses to put your glasses on, and if you don't wear glasses to put your spiritual glasses on, For you to open your eyes and see the needs on our streets. 
to see the needs in our workplace. I was driving through Langley Mill very early just last, last week. And as I went, there was two people just literally, you could see there was as drunk as a skunk. It's no, it's no um, you know, judgment on them. That was the reality. But then they started to be belting one another as they were going. This is right on our streets. Now, they were both at it with one another. It wasn't he was doing it to her, she was doing it to him. So I thought, I'm not going to get involved in it. But the reality is this is on our streets. Listen to me carefully. This is on our streets. This is happening all the time around us. It may even be in your home. And there is needs before us. Someone once said that we should walk slowly through crowds. This is always a challenge to me because I like to know where I'm going. I like to get where I'm going as quick as I can. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? So this is a real tester for me all the time. But if you walk slowly through crowds, you see the needs. And you see that people are devoid of hope and help. People are friendless and isolated. What's interesting as well, as you open your eyes and you see the needs, you can easily say as well, and many people do, well, it's not my problem. So they see the needs, but they say to themselves, well, it's not my problem. What they basically mean is, it doesn't affect me. What they're saying is, well, we'll leave it to others. That's what gets quite frustrating for me as a, as, a pa- as a pastor. And I actually believe that God's also called me to be a reformer. I believe God's called me to bring some reformation to our streets. Can I, can I hear our men? I really believe he's not just called me to pastor you guys, but he's called me to pastor the communities in which we live and to get involved in their needs. And I hear many people say, well, leave it to the council. Leave it to social services. Leave it to the authorities. But it's interesting. Jesus tells a story of the Good Samaritan. Who were the two people who walked by a need? Both religious people. Both religious people. They saw it and said, this doesn't affect me, so I'm not going to engage in it. Are you listening careful to me? We need to be people who continue to get involved with people who can't help themselves. William Booth, who's the founder of the Salvation Army, said this. You cannot warm the hearts of people with God's love if they have an empty stomach and cold feet. Can I just encourage you? It's not an appeal for money. It's not an appeal for anything. It's just an appeal for us to create a servolution in our own heart. If you have much in this crisis of energy and food and all the rest of it, then, then share what you have. Up the ante. If you've got excess in your world, that's awesome. Honestly, guys, I have no problem with, with excess. God blesses us, everything we have. But if we've got excess and it's way beyond what we need, how about just saying, talking to Lisa, talking to the guys and saying, uh, let me use an example. Lisa, I've got excess. Would £100 a month help to go and buy some milk and some things? We know what the answer is. Yes. So just do it. You don't need to, you don't need to, you don't need to pray and fast about it. I, I don't want to sound edgy. That's just a reality. If we can serve and help some people who haven't got much at this particular moment, then why would we not want to do it? (laughs) Does this make sense? Let's not just leave it to all the authorities and everything else. Let's get involved. Let's see the need. Let's do something in our hearts. And I want to tell you, God always acknowledges our giving and he always blesses us with way more. We don't give to get. We just give because he asks us to. 
And I really want to lead the charge in this. And I want to say for the last 12, 15 years, Arena Church has practically, practically served our communities. And we've helped people who could not help themselves. Number two, I see from this story that these men served and it created a mess and a stir. I mean, get this, guys. Could you imagine now I'm preaching like Jesus? You're the crowd. And all of a sudden, we see the roof start going in. We'd be thinking, we'd have all the board and elders thinking, well, who's going to be paying for that? They've created the right mess. Come on, just go with me for a moment. Imagine in your house. You'd be thinking, God, what's going on here? And that's what happened. These four men carried their friend, I believe it was their friend, may have been their cousin, may have been a relative, who knows, but they made a hole in the roof, they removed the tile, they removed the thatch, I don't know what it was made of, but they removed it to get to Jesus. This is the point, serving people is messy business. That's why most people don't want to get involved in it. Who here likes order? Give me a wave if you like order. It's not a trick question. You like things orderly. So do I. Who likes things tidy and in place and neat and all? Yes, so do I. That's often why it's a challenge to me because I don't want to get involved in mess. But serving people is messy business. Does this make sense? It's going to demand something from us. Oftentimes I hear people say to us, I would love to have pastors. I would love to have the community stuff that you do and the community impact and all the rest of it. And I would say to them, are you ready for the mess? Are you ready for the cost? Are you ready for the challenges that it will bring up? And the reality, the frank reality is some of them are here, Lisa and Mel and Sue and others live. And there's other guys who work very strongly in it. I don't even get some of the mess. They get the mess. But they're representative of Arena Church. Serving people is messy business. Just as a side of that, aren't you glad that when you was in your mess, somebody came alongside you and helped you in your mess? <laughs> Anybody here ever been in a mess? Just give me a wave if you've ever been in a mess. I'm so glad. That some people were kind enough and compassionate enough and thoughtful enough, and they saw the need and they helped me in my mess. It wasn't even my mess. My th- thought comes to mind when I gave up my job. You've heard me say about this in my career in banking to go and serve the Lord. And there was a number of people who came alongside me. I didn't ask them, and they said, We see the need that you're in. You're going to need some money. We're going to support you for the next 12 months. I want to tell you that some of those have now gone, they're passed away, but their, their legacy lives on. If I can say, in me. (laughs) They saw the need and they got involved. I want to say also that serving is dangerous to our hearts. If you think everybody's just going to bow down and say, Oh, thank you, Kath Richardson. Oh, you are the most amazing Kath in the whole wide world, Kath. I don't know another Kath like you. You are the best Kath that I have ever known. There are some people who do that. Very few do it. Remember the story of the lepers? How many came back? 10%, 90% got healed and continued walking. Serving is a thankless task. It's dangerous. 
If you do it out of wrong motives, because everybody's going, oh, Lisa, you're amazing. Oh, we love you, Lisa. I want to tell you, you're on a hiding to nothing. Why are we saved? It's not a trick question. I've already told you at the beginning. I'll ask you again. Why are we saved? So that's why we do it. And there's people who we've helped and served and assisted over the years. And they never say thank you. It's not right. I will point her out. We have a doctor in the house. I won't say who it is. She serves, as do a lot of our medics, nurses. I'm sure that would be the case of them. There's probably one for every out of ten. There's one who say thank you. There's nine who don't. And usually the ones who help the most never say thank you. Can I get edgy for a minute? Oh, you're all quiet. Can I get edgy just for a minute? The pastor's allowed to get a little edgy at times. We need to up the ante of our thankfulness. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Let's not let be the, 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 the life, the story of our life. May we live with thankfulness. May we, may we thank the service. May we thank the Black T-shirt Brigade. May we thank Tim and Helen. May we thank the board. May we thank the community guys. Are you hearing me? May we live with thankfulness. But the fact is, as we serve people, Many of them never say thank you, and that's why it's dangerous to our hearts. The times I've got really frustrated with you guys, the times I've got frustrated with the churches because there's been very little thankfulness. And I thought, what's the point? I said to Caroline, what's the point? That's not me being edgy, that's me being honest. And then I'm reminded that there's a nice card that comes through, or there's a text message. I want to tell you, those who do that, thank you. It means everything to us. I was having a bit of, bit of a tough old few days. Nothing beyond anybody, any of us. It's just like you're in it. I walk into the office, Helen Turner, who helps me with administration. I walk straight in. She says, you've had a gift. I went, what do you mean I've had a gift? She says, we've had a little girl come. Her name's Luna. She's seven. And her mom. They don't come to the church. They've got a little bee business, bee products. And they've sold some products and they wanted to give 10% to the food bank. And a little Luna has said she wanted to empty a money box and give it to food bank. And then at Christmas, she's going to give her money to food bank. And then get this. Oh, come on. Oh, that is wonderful. If that weren't enough, I mean, I were gone. If that weren't enough, she then says, and I wanted to get a gift. Sorry, Tim, you weren't the pastor for this day. I want to get a, a gift for the pastor. From a little seven-year-old. I had, I had a car air freshener. I don't know whether she was trying to tell me something or whatever. I don't know. I had a car air freshener. There was just some little products. It was so beautiful, guys. You may say, you big softy. I want to tell you, it, it did everything. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant to receive this gift, to receive a thank you for the stuff that we're doing. But listen to me carefully before I go to point three. If you do it because you want the accolades, the awards, and the fame, I won't bother. Thirdly, are you still with me? It's created a mess and a stir that helped a man who could not help himself. Oh, but this is great. They served together, and it was impactful and effective. 
Four men in unison. A film that I like, I have to be careful with saying films. Please forgive me if there is a little bit of language in this film, but it's an old film. It's called Cool Runnings, Jamaican bobsleigh team. I love it. These guys, just the funny characters, and it's based on a true life story. And you just see the effects of these guys pulling their strengths and their resources. And it tr charts it in a very funny way into where they represent their country at the Winter Olympics. They don't win it. But it's amazing to see what unity and alignment and togetherness can do. It's impactful and effective. If you didn't get out in the red t-shirt because you couldn't, let me encourage you next, next year to be the first name that comes down. To just get involved. Because there's something that happens as we come together. Can I bring you a prophetic word to Arena Church Toulouse? It's called the power of synergy. You may say we're small. We haven't got the size of the UK church, Ilkeston and Mansfield, and what can we do? But it may be that you can chase 1,000, the Bible says, but then the Bible says, but two, not can chase 2,000, but can chase 10,000. It's called the power of synergy. You'll have learned it at school, I'm sure. Yes, they're getting interpreted, so yes, you. The power of synergy. It means to say that Patrick, he can lift a hundred kilos. And Christian, he can lift a hundred kilos. <laughs> and together we come and we say, oh my goodness, we can, we can lift 250. But the reality is, through the power of synergy, we're probably going to lift 300 kilos. You get it? There's something that's impactful, powerful, and effective. I don't mind doing it on our own. I've done it on my own. We've charged a path on our own. But it's so good to do it with people, isn't it? It's so good when you're working shoulder to shoulder with people. You seem like you get the job done quicker. It's happier. It's more effective. Anybody with me today? I want to encourage you in a church to be always full of the togetherness. We work together. When Tim and Helen are asking for stuff, it's not that they're pleading. They're saying, come on, guys, let's work together. So what am I believing for? Servolution in our locations. People praying together, Kath, on Friday. We have a prayer meeting here. We need people who will join us in prayer. We need people who will work together. We need people who will serve together across Mansfield and Belper and Nottingham and the Hub. We want to see all those things happen. But as I just finish, let me just say this. The story teaches, as we serve others, and we do all that we can, then God will do the rest. We leave the outcomes to God. It just so happened that this story from this paralyzed man, Jesus, to show his power, and as a result of their faith, said to this man, your sins are forgiven, but then he also said, and to show the power of God amongst you, roll up your mat and walk. We often have to do what we can do, and then we allow God to do what only he can do. Who knows what happened yesterday? Who knows what's going to happen in through the garden projects and everything that we've done in Hope and different places across the locations? We leave the outcome to God. All we know is that we'll put everything out on the field. We did everything that we could do, yes, and then God will do everything that he can do. 
in Jesus' name. So let me encourage you, serve with love, serve with passion, serve with joy, serve with gratitude, and serve with purpose. I'm two minutes over. For those who've been clock watching, I don't think I've done too bad. But let me just say this to you. Jonathan Kirk, our youth um, students pastor and Nottingham campus leader with Annie, wrote a modern day of this statement. It's on my wall, but I want to go back to the original. General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. You know, if anybody's around me, you know it means an awful lot. I've just charted it. I've read lots about General William Booth. This is what he says. And this probably... I'm not wanting to die yet, Caroline. You'll be pleased to know. Okay. But if this could be just in some incorporated, in, somebody just remember, if I've long gone, some young, you youngers, I want you to remember this. If this can be incorporated into my funeral service, as long as I live it. This is what he says. While women weep, as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry, as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out. As they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor, poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. I'm not a do-gooder. I serve because Jesus gave me that example. But the reason why I serve and the reason why I fight is because I don't want hell to have another one. I want to make a difference. I really want to make a difference in this world.